Hey, everyone. Hey, Pat. Hey, Evan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of Repeater, a little show about big songs. We record it in Queens, where we live, like a couple of international airports. Each episode, we talk with a guest about a song that means a lot to them. After we interview our guest, a musician covers the song and plays a tune of their own. Yep, that's the show you're listening to. And this is actually the first episode we've released since the nightmare that is Donald Trump's election to office. Needless to say, we here at Repeater are not fans of the Donald, nor are we fans of what he stands for. The misogyny, intolerance, violence, and jingoism that Donald Trump propagates has no place in our country, and we're using the only platform we've got to say that we're here for anyone who feels threatened, scared, or angered by his election. And while listening to a podcast is a great way to escape the reality of our world, we'd like to encourage you to do some other things as well. To paraphrase comedian Nicole Silverberg, we're asking you to reach out to friends. Volunteer your time. Donate money. Amplify marginalized voices. Read nonpartisan articles about our government. Engage in compassionate citizenship. Consider how the upcoming administration will impact people of color, the LGBTQ community, women, Muslims, Jews, Native Americans, and other marginalized populations. Write and call your elected representatives with your concerns. Research who will be running on the state and local levels in 2018. Keep the media accountable. Practice self-care and self-love. Support Black, women, and other minority-owned businesses. Take time to consider why some Americans feel alienated and condescended to by the Democratic Party. Attend peaceful protests. Speak to family members who voted for Trump. Accept responsibility in relevant ways for this outcome. Fight the normalization of Trump's behaviors and beliefs. And look into your healthcare needs before January. It's a lot, we know, but we all need to do a lot if we're going to get through this together. Now, for the show you came for. Our guest for this episode is actor and comedian Bowen Yang, who is the genius behind local New York shows, Live on Broadway, Lake Homo High, and Drag Court. He's also appeared on Broad City and The Outs. Plus, he performs musical sketch comedy with Pop Roulette, who are amazing. Our musical guest is singer, songwriter, comedian, and actor Keith Rubin, who, in addition to playing piano and singing songs, is a very handsome fellow. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. So uh, the first thing we like to do uh, once we, uh, now that you're up here, is we're going to just talk about something we've been listening to recently. Great. Very recently. Uh, We'll start with Pat down here. So I've been listening to uh, La Tigra, the song Decepticon. Oh, great song. Oh, man. I was just out in California. Perfect driving song. It is so good. And then a great subway song is La Tigra, My Metro Card. That is true. So like in New York, they have a song, and then they have a song for California, too. Cover both coasts. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Anyway, I'm sorry. I cut into your... No, that was perfect. Your thing. No, I was also it. listening to that song. Great. <laughs> what were you doing in California, Pat? I went out to California to drive a car, mm-hmm. um, but also to go out to something called Max FunCon. It's for the Maximum Fun Podcast, Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like adult sleepaway camp, <laughs> which was great. Uh, long weekend. We had D, uh, Prince's personal DJ there. Oh my Which was God. out of control. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Corin Tucker from Sleater Kinney was there. <gasps> and Ooh. was the coolest. Of course <laughs> she is. She's got a great voice. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I nope, keep awesome. cutting into your time. Your, you're you're your here. Space. You're here to cut in. Well, I, I love I love Corin. I love Maximum Fun. Did you get to meet a lot of the hosts? Yeah. 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 They're all the best John Hodgman was he there he was great I made him listen to me talk about dead hockey teams was he into it mm. he was more <laughs> into the logos oh Did, cool so like um like what are some like the one that went to Montreal the one that came from Montreal the uh, no I don't think of the Nordiques no there were there used to be um a hockey no the Expos, but that's a baseball team. Yes. Yep, I'm so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> the next time I see him, I'll talk about the Expos. Please. Yeah. <laughs> They're a dead baseball team. They are a dead baseball yeah. team. 
They, uh, it's ironic because the that franchise moved to Washington D.C., yes. the capital of America. Of America, you know, uh, complete reverse. Yeah, sorry, Canada. Yeah, reverse like Donald Trump. Like I'm gonna move to Canada. I'm gonna move to the U.S. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. Uh, I've been listening to, I think I said this probably back in a show in the fall, but I've been listening a lot to the band Diarrhea Planet, uh, <gasps> which is a very silly named band, but they're great. Uh-huh. I just saw them last Thursday. Cool. Um, and they have a brand new album out called Turn to Gold. So they played a bunch of songs off of the new album. Um, and it was great, guys. I highly suggest uh, checking them out sometime. If you, especially if you like guitars, it's mm. a six-person band, and four of them are playing lead guitar. Whoa! So. It's a cacophony of guitars. <laughs> yeah, it's and and one of the openers uh, literally was I can't remember the name of the band. They were a no guitar band. Oh, it was what? like they had four people that played drums and uh-huh. a violin, like two <gasps> keyboards, and kind of stomp rocky. I love it. That nice. genre. Uh, I love that. But no guitars. I love these, um, you know, imbalanced, uh, you know, back lines, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. They're cool. Something <laughs> different, you know. Something different. Uh, what have you been listening to recently? Uh, a couple things. This is a great question to ask, like, any time. Mm. Yeah. And I used to, like, before I answer the question, like, my first question to ask people when I got to college was, like, what, like, what music do you like listening to? Which I realize now is, like, kind of obnoxious. Um, I don't do it anymore, but I always love hearing these responses from anybody and listening to them. Um, lately, I've been listening to Casey Musgraves. Do you guys know about her? Yeah. I know. Anyone, anyone in the audience know Casey? Yeah. Okay, the name. So she, she's this beautiful country singer from Texas, and then she uh, kind of like went through the whole Nashville machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of her country songs uh, she sounds like she, it's very like it's a throwback to like Loretta Lynn mm-hmm. and like Dolly Parton even um, with like her timbre and her voice. Um, but the the subject matter in her songs are, uh, is really interesting because she sings about weed, how much she loves weed and how much um like <laughs> living in small towns sucks. Like she has a, she has a song called Merry Go Round and it's genius. Um, like the lyrics are uh, in the chorus are Mama's hooked on Mary Kay, brother's hooked on Mary J, daddy's hooked on Mary two doors down. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's, and, and she's just described, she's painting this really beautiful, lush portrait of like a small town and how everyone's just sort of settled there in their lives because they don't know anything beyond that. And so yeah. it's really like, which is kind of, which is kind of, uh, I don't know, like disruptive, I guess, for country. Mm-hmm. It's sure. cool. Um, so I went to go see her at Northside Festival Ooh, yeah. on Saturday. Nice. And Brian Wilson played on Sunday. Right. Like, I wish I'd seen both of them. Um, but then Connor Oberst was opening for Casey Musgraves and people still love Connor. People still yeah, turn yeah. out for Connor. I'm sure. I was like, wait a minute. We're, we're, we're all into, Con- okay. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> I hadn't listened to Connor since like 2005. Back yeah. when it was bright eyes. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. that's Casey Musgraves. You guys My, should check her out. Yeah, you should. My dad once went and saw, uh, he went to go see Connor play, mm-hmm. but like he wanted to see the opener because I think it was like a country opener. Oh, cool. Um, and then he described uh, Bright Eyes as too loud. <laughs> That's not, no one's ever described <laughs> Like he Bright was Eyes freaking out. He said they had to leave after three songs. Wow. And I was like, you you realize the ticket price you paid was for like for that Bright band, yeah. you know? And he wow. was like, no, just to stay for the opener. <laughs> Headed out, couldn't deal with all the noise. I'm doing that tomorrow. Yeah. There's Grimes and uh, Florence and the Machine are doing mm-hmm. a concert tomorrow and I'm only really going for Grimes because Grimes is opening for her but I but I'm like yeah I don't, I don't listen to Florence she's great I just don't listen to her stuff and maybe if I'm still infirm I will not be staying for the entire night I understand okay yeah, yeah. but I am paying the whole ticket for both <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah cool uh great music check-in Yes. Um, but let's get to uh, let's get to the song that you chose tonight. So okay. let, let us know what song you. you um, uh, I'm a big Beyonce fan, as I'm telegraphing via my T-shirt. Ooh. Um, Hello. It's her tour, tour, her tour T-shirt that she sold. You went last week. week. I went last week. It was really special. Um, <laughs> and uh, she has this one song called "School in Life." Um, has anyone heard of that song? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a great song. It's a it's a B side off of her album that she that has like love on top and mm-hmm. like run the world. Um, all those those hits. 
that, that all killer no filler album and yeah. um she uh this is a b-side but then like when they they re-released the album a few months later to like include all of the tracks and they reordered the tracks and this one ended up being like uh i, I guess they surfaced the single um mm-hmm. at some point but anyway the song is really great and special to me it's a big song to me because um, well let's give it a listen first oh let's give it a listen oh my yeah, god yeah I let's do it let's do a clip it. of it now, here's the part of the show where we listen to a clip of the song and talk over it so we don't get sued. Yay. Ooh, the boys. Scandalous. Rebellious Beyonce. And it work, mom and dad. I love the little drum line in the background. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that line. That's probably my favorite line. She just <laughs> wants to be 21 so she can meet a guy. I'm enjoying that synth horn line. Oh, uh, yeah. Courtesy of Gloria Estefan. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, she probably donated it. Yeah. She finds a lot of good words. Like yeah. teacher and preacher as like uh, role models. Yeah. 24-7. Oh, yeah. Woo! Woo! That is fire. Give it up for Beyonce. Yes. Yeah. She's in the room. And now let's bring her out. Let's bring her out. <laughs> She's here. She wasn't far from here last week. That's true. She was at Queens. Stadium. Yeah, Queens. Um, or not MetLife Stadium, uh, City Field. Um, yeah. But yeah, the last lyric of that song is, who needs a degree when you're school in life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is like such a great lyric. I don't know. And like the whole song itself, like musically is cool because it's yeah. a very goofy movie. It's very... Um, <laughs> I mean, there's like funk and like print stuff in there. I yeah. think there's some, there's a lot of influences. And then off that album, she had a lot of like, like, uh, like Africa. Like she had like Fela Kuti stuff mm-hmm. on there. Like she was really like branching out into these other, uh, uh, like form like you know genres of music. Can um, I tell you something before we get into it? Yeah, I asked your friend and excellent comedian Matt Rogers. Matt Rogers, what I should <gasps> like ask you? Oh my god, about he, this song, and uh-huh. he said, "Ask Bowen." what this song reminds him of musically. Yeah. And he goes, I bet it's the Goofy, goofy movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. I've said it many times. <laughs> it's true. But um, I like didn't quite, I was like, okay, sure. And then I went and listen listened to, to the songs from a Goofy movie and <laughs> I got it. Right, right, right. I got it, yeah. It's like, um, it's there. It's like Huey Lewis in the news. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, wh- yeah. Why do you love this song? Or why is it a big song for you? Right. Um, so, again, that lyric, who needs a degree when you're school? And the whole song talks about, like, how, like, you just, you, you, you like, achieve personhood by, like, just living through life, I think. Which sounds very uh, uh, cheesy. But it was, I was, like, it, I, was, I went to school here in New York. I went for pre-med. I was, I was really set on becoming a doctor. Mm. Um, and then I took my MCAT, did everything, and then I graduated. And then I remember, like, at commencement, like, at Yankee Stadium, where they, like, corralled all the NYU kids. Like, everyone was just, like, so happy and so excited. Um, and I was like, wait, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not excited about, like, doing something I don't like. Um, and that was when I sort of realized that, like, it wasn't the right path or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's, it's it's way too late. Like I'm realizing mm-hmm. it literally as I'm like leaving this institution that will not take me back. Um, and, uh, and so then I spent the rest of that summer, like trying to like, like finding temp jobs here, like having no real, no real reason to stay in New York. My parents were really pressuring me to come back to Colorado where they live. And, um, it's just, it was just like a very, uh, tumultuous, like sort of time where I just felt this like, like sense of dread, like this pall, like, <laughs> like yeah. every single day. Um, and it was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and then, and then I put this song on and I'd heard it many times before. But then one day after work, I was just walking down Broadway and I was like at Broadway in St. Mark's. And then uh, the song has a lyric that said, and the song came on, the song has a lyric that says, um, this is for them bitter some things. Stop living in regret, baby. It's not over yet. Mm. Which is like, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. Like it, it sort of like, it, it, it like snapped me out of like that, like fugue or whatever. I was like, oh, whoa, like it's not, it's not over. Like, 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 which sounds so like, uh, which, which sounds, yeah, which, which sounds like so, so obvious, but I was like, oh my God, like, like you, you have a second act at everything. 
Um, as long as you don't like fuck shit up. Um, and so, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, I, I wouldn't say I was depressed during that time. It was because I, I don't want to like cheapen like what people actually really sure. go through mentally. But uh, I was just like very feeling very hopeless on a day to day basis. And then hearing that song and hearing that lyric sort of like, turn the key like I just I don't know it just like opened something and it really I felt this like kinesthetic thing of like oh my god like things are gonna change like I'm gonna like really like make this work um so yeah I don't know that's 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 why I love the song so much it like yeah. really it pulled me out of something which is really powerful yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. uh what um what became like like did it become almost like this little bit of a trigger of like a motivator or anything like that like what uh-huh. were like the next couple things you did to be like, yeah, I actually have ownership, you know, right, right now of my life. Totally. Um, I think what ended up happening was Evan and I are in a, in a company called Story Pirates mm. um, that is really special to me. Um, excuse me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was literal vomit coming up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I... That, that's disgusting. Okay. Um, it can't be that bad to work with Evan. <laughs> just Evan just like it's pretty bad. triggers stuff. Um, and then Keith, Keith is in it as well. Yes. Um, and Keith and I were the same year and that was sort of one of the first like leaps I took to just like change mm. things. I was like, I'm not a performer, but what if I tried this? Can you tell us, uh, tell everyone what Story Pirates yeah. is? Yeah. Oh, bit? so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's this um, arts education uh company that um uh just uh builds and programs a lot of um like uh, after school literacy and like storytelling and um writing workshops for um a lot of schools that are mostly underserved um we work a lot in new york we work all over the country we are we're based in new york and la and the whole cast um of actors there's there's actors and there's teaching artists the whole cast of actors end up being these really great funny, hardworking people who have lives outside of Story Pirates, but still um, uh, come to Story Pirates with such enthusiasm and, and such hard work ethic. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it set such, such a good example early on when I was like considering doing uh, performance-based things. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, um, I feel like that song, like just sort of, like School in Life just sort of like mm. cut a path forward. And it was yeah. like, I can do this. Um, I'll try out and, and see where it goes. If not, cool. Um, and then I did it and then I got in and it was, and I got to meet people like Keith, um, who's fantastic. And um, like everyone who comes through the program is, is really yeah. exceptional and great. Yeah. So how did you make the jump from going to med- medical school to story pirates? Yeah. Um, uh, I did well on my MCATs. I did really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I'm seeing like all, I'm seeing all these, <laughs> like these, these, classmates from college like getting matched to the residency programs and i'm like you would never trust anyone with your life like <laughs> people i was like i felt here's the thing and this this makes me sound like a huge jerk i felt smarter than these people than my classmates but also i did not care and so but i think the i think what kept me in the program was that i was doing well on an academic level mm-hmm. um and my professors liked me and i'm like I did okay, but then yeah, like the transition out of that into performing, like I was doing improv in college, okay, sort of like in this college improv bubble, and then that was like the only, that was the only thing I could like call back and be like, oh well, like this must count for something. Like why don't I, why don't I try this out? And so uh, there was no transition as much as it was just like, oh, like well I've done this before, maybe I can do this on a semi-pro level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so. That's that's actually really interesting for me to hear because to me you're such like a natural like perf- perf- meant to be a performer. Oh, thanks, Evan. You know, and uh, and yeah, like to think that that almost wasn't something you did is yeah. almost insane for me to hear. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But so did you said like uh, part of the motivation to continue on and it was that you were you know doing well and academically achieving and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Is that part of like your history of why you were, you know, um, uh, that was your major in the first place? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a really good question. Um, I think with the song, like the song goes against that. Like, I mean, so when, like just growing up with my parents who uh, are immigrants and who worked very hard or made a lot of sacrifices. I'm a second child, which means 
my parents had stayed in China, I wouldn't have been born. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they don't remind me of that too much. I just, I remind myself of that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like on a metaphysical level, I'm like, I wouldn't be here. Like if um, my parents hadn't moved and in some way I felt like beholden to them mm-hmm. um, and to like what they had to go through and like have to live in a country where they didn't speak the language and learn the language and like, like sit through like people like, like saying stupid shit to them. Like if like I can, I can only imagine what they've heard from other like racist people, their age group that like, like people say stupid shit that are our age. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you're an idiot, (laughs) but you're young. So like, like, you know, like you'll, you'll catch up. And so (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm thinking about this now. Like my parents probably grew up with a lot of like stupid shit being like, said to them uh, in like job interviews and stuff. But anyway, um, that's besides the point. Uh, like I think my parents raised me to like just really have academics be like the most important thing. And they had me like do extracurriculars and like it was, I did drama club as sort of this like uh, uh, hobby. It was like didn't take it too seriously and I wasn't very good at like performing just like the, the stuff that you would put up in high school, I guess. Right. Um, I did get cast in Anything Goes, and there's two <laughs> Chinese stowaway characters that, for some reason, people think is still it. Like they, Oof. people are like they like they put up the one like three years ago with Sutton Foster, and like yeah. they still had those characters who were played by white people. And I'm like, God, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, so I did that in high school, but then like like the priority was academics, and so I I sort of stayed on those rails because it was like what I was good at and like I excelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what the song tells you is that it's not really about credentials or like, uh, like, pa- like experience on paper. It's just about like what you've lived through and what you've sure. seen. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so you did like some of that stuff in high school and growing <laughs> up, right? Yeah. But it seems like, uh, you seem to have a pretty, you know, musically like oriented, uh, comedy oh, life, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, so where did like that get fostered? Like the especially the musical side of it, right? Um, that didn't come too intuitively. I had to sort of acquire that and pick that up with this with this group I, I'm in. And everyone there, this is my friend Matt Rogers, who asked mm-hmm. that goofy movie question, um, is like <laughs> a very natural songwriter. You're talking about pop roulette, right? Pop roulette, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, it's a musical it sketch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Musical sketch uh, group. We have a show at UCB uh, twice every month. Um, and uh, I would say that I'm probably one of the weakest musical people. I like uh, I like writing. I, I, I thought of the plot, which is of the show, which is um, that Earth is like, it's a post-apocalyptic Earth story that doesn't take place on Earth. It's that we're, we've been commissioned by what's left of the government to go to other planets and like make our case to like, please let us stay here. And I don't know, it's a really fun through song through song. Yeah. <laughs> we're the cultural ambassadors. Um, there, there are only four cities left. Um, like a bunch of silly, uh, uh, world and stuff. So, um, I feel like that's what I bring to the table for them. And then on a, on a musical level, we have like people who went to Tish who like, yeah. like mm-hmm. studied this and like have a handle on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's back up. Okay. You went and saw Beyonce last yes. week. Yes. Uh huh. Formation World Tour <laughs> Formation 2016. World. People have been losing it. Yeah. For good reason. Yeah. Uh, talk about it to us. What, like, uh, what yeah. was the experience? Okay. The experience besides the concert itself, like the performance itself, was awful <laughs> because waiting at City Field, like they just don't. Like I've been to City Field before for Mets games, and it's yeah. like it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's like at capacity, like it's full, but like people like walk in and you get your seat, you wait for drinks, like you get it within like a reasonable time. Uh, but then I we went and then we had to wait outside in this giant clump of people for not lying an hour and 20 minutes. Mm. And we walk in there and then we wait for like cocktails, this huge line of cocktails for like another 45 minutes. And it was like, this fucking sucks. And the only reason <laughs> I'm putting up with this is because of the promise to see Beyonce. But the concert itself was great, and uh, like besides like drinking a little bit of like uh, alcohol, like I was pretty sober. And then like at the end of the concert, it was just so stimulating. Like she has this giant monolithic cube that like spins mm-hmm. around, and like different things are projected on different sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like things open up and then like there's just camera crews all around who like film it from angles and so they they multiply the images it's like putting two mirrors against each other like sure they would like frame her and then like you would see the background just multiply and multiply and multiply it was that kind of thing um and so anyway it's just very visually stimulating and then after the show i was like that was good like, i was kind of numb to it and then i went home and i was like that was incredible it was yeah. like, one of the coolest things i've seen live nice yeah that's so cool yeah people uh have been like describing I guess going to see Beyonce as going to church mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and as like probably not Beyonce's exact target demographic. Sure, sure. I, and I've never seen her live. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't totally like, yeah, that's fine. never had that experience. Yeah. Although I do think she's great. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious about like for you, I mean, I mean, yeah. Who's Beyonce to you in your world of like music? Right. Um, so that show and with this, with, with Lemony that she just came out with, like it's, it's not directed at me at all either. Um, I'm not a black woman, so I, like I can't like technically relate to that um, like in a meaningful way and say that like this speaks to me when it, when it shouldn't and it doesn't. Um, but for me, she's just like a. She, I think she represents like human perfection <laughs> and like <laughs> potential and like hard work will like get you so far. Like, and she does have this classic like stage parent thing where like her mom and dad like really sort of like plugged her into this like uh like you're gonna be in beauty pageants from like when you're four like it, it feels a little judy garland liza minnelli like oh like it's like she's she might just be a product of this and not like the owner of it yeah. but like i think she's i think she's fantastic i hope i hope deep down she's not like struggling through too much because i i would that would break my heart if beyonce was sad i would <laughs> be sad for her yeah so uh yeah the Album four, which yeah. School and Life is on, uh-huh. that was her first album after basically like going through a business divorce with her yeah. father. Yes. Who had been her manager yep. uh, for her whole career mm-hmm. up until that mm-hmm. point. And she was, I think the way it was described is like she was almost on a little bit of a musical hiatus between Sasha Fierce, Sasha Fierce yeah. and uh-huh. four. Right. Um, and then four was kind of like uh, the critics say, I think kind of like, really supported by the fact that she was doing different things. Yeah. You know, she was really trying to not be the artist that she had been. Right. Right. Um, partially because she had more freedom, mm-hmm. I think, and partially probably just to make a bit of a statement. It seems like yeah, totally. Yeah. And that was then her last album that she actually really like supported with media and touring, yeah. and not touring, but media and like press circuits and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And her last two albums, she just dropped she just like put up her walls and was like, I don't want to, she like hasn't done interviews for them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's true. But she's had like a three album sort of like ascension. I uh-huh. feel like she was in my, like in my estimate, I was like, Oh, she's one of a number of pop stars sure. who are huge and so popular and killing it, all this stuff. And then I kind of starting with four, I, it seemed to be like she was, kind of by herself totally, yeah. up at the top of a mountain. Yeah, you like, know? like think about this. Like before four, like she asked Lady Gaga to be in her video. And then, because because at that time Gaga yeah. was like, and I, I'm, I love her. I love video Lady phone, Gaga. Is that what that was? It was video phone and then telephone. Oh, yeah. Like they were, they guest starred in each other's videos. At that point they were, yeah, you're right. Like on the same, in the same like milieu or whatever. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then after four, you're right. Like she really like elevated herself. Now she's like, yeah, and like seeing the show too last week, it was like, oh yeah, she's like a legend. Like she pops out from the stage and uh, my friend Josh says mm-hmm. this, like it's like Michael Jackson. It's like people, she'll just stand there and people will faint and lose their minds and like go crazy. And even she like turns her head to one side, people will fucking <laughs> go crazy. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> the that, that's, that's a credit to her. The big thing I saw from Tuesday night uh, as I was uh, following the entire show on Twitter uh, was that she sneezed. Yes. Showing that yeah. she is human. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet that said, imagine if she sneezed in a gallon of clam chowder. Came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> no, that was really funny. I wish I'd come up with that. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, she sneezed and I didn't believe it was happening. I was like, what? <laughs> But then we all like uh, so reflexively we're like bless you. But you, know, you guys, a stadium of people yelled bless you at different times. Like I like apparently people like my friends who are in different sections were like yeah we all like shouted out bless you as a section too and I was like oh I didn't hear you guys. But um, <laughs> the funny thing is there's no video of this. Like nobody 
either someone recorded it, I'm sure someone did, it was 40,000 people. Right. Yeah. But maybe her people like asked to take it down because they were like, no, she cannot, this cannot be like documented for posterity or anything. Like, <laughs> they just wouldn't have it. it, I, it the veneer would crack. I did see an article, and I don't remember the specifics, so this is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but it was it was this science article about Beyonce sneezing, <gasps> okay. and how like because you know in that kind of situation, like most people would be terrified to be singing in front of that many. Oh people. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like very focused on singing, mm-hmm. and the fact that she sneezed, snows, sneezed. Uh, no idea. Snows. <laughs> but like the fact that she sneezed while performing in front of that many people uh-huh. showed just how calm she actually was. Oh, sure, like her body is like yeah, just sort of at zero. Yeah. Or like and in some like homeostasis, like it's it's her normal. And yeah. she's like, "Achoo." Yeah. yeah. She was addressing the audience like she was about to lead everybody in like an a cappella sing along of Love on Top. And then like out of nowhere she just like her eyes rolled back and everyone was like, "What's going on?" And then she sneezed. <laughs> it was the cutest little it was the cutest little thing. It was like Yeah, it was I wish, I wish, I wish her people would let that video, those videos, stay on, stay online. Yeah, but alas, alack. Maybe it'll be like a real gem of the tour documentary. Sure, you know, <laughs> like it'll be a whole forty minutes dedicated to that <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah, the bonus footage on the sneeze. <laughs> uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I love Beyonce. That's that's, you love that's her. all. Yeah, you love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that? Were you into like pop music as a kid? Yeah, I think my first technical album, my first actual album my parents bought for me was the Titanic soundtrack, <laughs> nice. which is just all instrument. It's just all like the <laughs> score. And then the uh, the album following that was something that my sister and I campaigned for. And like they have no idea who these people are. Like they're even more like it, it's even more foreign to them as like with any other parent. They're like. Who are? Who, why do you want to listen to this? And so they bought us uh, Spice World, I think, mm. the album. That and was a soundtrack. That was right? um, that was technically the second album, and then they made the movie after oh. the fact. Um, but that was my first album, and like pop music. Like I was just reading like the liner notes as like a six year old, and I was like not understanding. Well, I was like fascinated, but not totally understanding what was like being like yeah. conveyed or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I was like the first window into pop music. I feel like I would have still gotten into it if it hadn't, if yeah. it had been like, I don't know, like fucking Pavarotti or something. Like it would have, <laughs> I would have still found it. You know, I would have still loved it. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting to think about because like I said, I can remember being pretty young and like remember reading the liner notes of like a Nirvana album. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure not grasping right. everything, you know, um, at all. Um, but that makes me think of like with, Beyonce specifically, uh-huh. like her arc, it went from like she has albums that maybe you could find as a second grader and kind of understand. Yeah. And then now she has albums that I think as a second grader would be harder to of course. digest. Right. Right. Um and I, I I mean I have no idea, but I wonder how it's what it's like to be maybe like out of out of the loop a little totally. bit with someone who's as big and popular as she is right now. Well, it's like, um, I feel like you could draw a parallel to like maybe Diana Ross. And I was actually listening to I'm Coming Out today mm. just because I got emotional. And then I, I was like, I need a happy song that's also about being gay. Um, <laughs> so I put that song on and I was reading, I was like doing research on it. I was like, oh, this is like, this is clearly written like in some codified way. Like this is a gay anthem and like, mm her writers and her producers knew that. Like, I wonder if she like had that intention of putting that out. And um, Niles Rogers wrote that song, mm. um, the famous uh, guitarist, songwriter, whatever. Yeah. Um, the origin story is funny. Like he went to a gay bar and like went to the men's restroom and then at the urinals on either side of him were two, uh, like Diana Ross impersonators. And she was like, oh wait, like p- gay people love Diana. <laughs> um, and then I guess like in a well-meaning way, they like capitalized on that. And then, uh, it was like both meant to be a gay anthem shrouded in this like vague language. Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be like, oh, this is Diana Ross, like her first single after, maybe not her first single, but one, one of the first songs on her first album after leaving the Supremes. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I'm coming out, I'm breaking out of my shell from all this stuff that like you associate with me 
um, you have associated me with. And so, um, but then what's interesting is Diana Ross sent one of the demos to it, like a big DJ. I guess the DJs had a lot more clout back then, um, but like he hated it. And then she brought it back to Niles Rogers and was like indisposed or whatever. And then, and then Niles, and then she was like, why are you trying to ruin my career? Like this is, did you purposely write a gay song so that people like, she was like, this is a gay song. Like people won't listen to it. Hmm. Um, like, did you do this on purpose? And then Niles says, this is the first time he's ever had to lie to a musician. And he's worked with like everybody, but he's, yeah. he was like, um, this is the first time he like, he's lied to someone and he said, are you like, no way. Like, no, like we, this is a song that's supposed to represent you like evolving and going, going up to the next level. And um, I just think that's really interesting. And I feel like that's, in a way, I don't know if Beyonce struggled in the same way like Diana Ross did when she went solo, but I feel like, yeah, like as far as depth goes, like I feel like that's that's you could chart that and track that with like the way that she's sort of matured into adulthood and motherhood and all that yeah. stuff. That's super interesting. I had not heard of that. Um, I think like pop, uh, there's a, there's so many pop songs that are. Uh, I think to what you're describing is like anthemic, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. these big, and I think Beyonce has recorded a number of those. Oh yeah. Point, right. Uh-huh. They're, they're all like, I mean, <laughs> they're like, they're all feminist anthems, but like any, any oppressed person can like turn to those and like relate. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it was funny. Uh, Cause I mean, even this song school in life, like there's a bit of this, the anthem that I think you latched onto of like, I don't need to necessarily do what everyone's telling me to do. Yeah. Like I can, chart my own path i was reading the wikipedia article for this and oh, it's so funny to hear people like write about a song because uh-huh. it said something like lyrical content and the quote was just something as direct as beyonce begins a song talking about schooling people in their 20s <laughs> schooling people in their 30s schooling people in their 40s and schooling people in their 50s and she cuts it off at 50s yeah yeah she doesn't want to school people i guess that are yeah. retired out of respect or out of ageism yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're nobody to me but it's just like to think of factually that's what the song is doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like on a literal level, like a that's literal what level. the lyrics are saying. Yeah, it's, it's, it is funny. It's such like a dry interpretation of a song that is really just like this. It's, it is it's like an anthem of like, you know, she's not literally talking to like. No, like 20 something. Yeah. People in each age group. Totally, so totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's really funny. Uh, yeah. And the other thing that's that's cool about um, about that song is mm-hmm. it's a lot of different styles. So yeah. I think that that's something that, um, I don't know if that's stuff that you latched onto uh-huh. growing up with music. Like if you like lots of different type of things or whatever, because I think what Beyonce did on that album and with that song is combine a lot of different influences. Totally. That were very, yeah. yeah. Very like interesting, but also a little bit diverse. You were right. kind of mentioning early too, like, uh, Fela Kuti has a uh-huh. lot of influence on that album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just very cool. Totally. I know I was just going to agree with all oh, of that. Cool. Like I had never, <laughs> I had never really listened to Beyonce before. Mm-hmm. Um, not out of distaste or whatever. Yeah, just, it was just different. Never yeah. got to it. Yeah. Uh, put that on my phone and oh my God. You like that? It's so good. It's, it's a good song. Well, and the whole <laughs> album is so good. because That's it's, an excellent album. It's, it feels a little all over the place, but then you start listening yeah. to it and it's, everything is so, the drums on that album are oh. so good. Yeah. Those little synth blasts of horns on School in Life. Yeah. I do this. Frank <laughs> synth blasts. Frank Ocean wrote a couple songs before yeah. he got big mm. um, for that album. Yeah, it's it's a great album. Yeah, I. Uh, that's only one of two albums I had on my phone for like three years. Mm-hmm. There's Ooh. that and Robin's Body Talk. Oh, so good. <laughs> so I've listened to four wow. a lot. Uh-huh. But the funny thing is, I've never heard that song. Until well, like, yeah, because it it's me. a bonus track. Yeah. yeah, because I had the standard release mm-hmm. edition of four. Right, uh, and it blew my mind. So the last week, I've been listening to it just on repeat. Oh. Uh, I ride my bike around, <gasps> and I have a little speaker now, a little Bluetooth speaker. Nice. And I just try to get try to catch people dancing when I'm at intersections. Good. It's, <laughs> it's good for you to have a Bluetooth speaker instead of putting in your earbuds because that's a safety. It's hazard. mildly safer. Mildly safe. <laughs> still here, barely, like a like another biker coming your way. Yeah, or another yeah cyclist. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's a great album and a great um, song. What did your, you, so you have a sister. That's your uh-huh. sibling. Yeah. One older sister. Uh-huh. Uh, and w- were you guys into the same type of music? Yeah. I would say she, like, I had to inherit a lot of tastes from her because I didn't know the first thing about, like, I feel like I didn't have friends who were talking. I had friends, but we weren't talking about music. It wasn't until, like, 
Blink-182 got big that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. This is like something I can talk to you about, uh, like with, with guys about mm-hmm. and feel like, oh yeah, I like this too. Um, yeah. And then before that was like Britney Spears, Spice Girls, um, Backstreet Boys. Like I was obsessed. Um, so yeah, like that, she like sort of fed me a lot of that sensibility, which is, which I, which is great. Like I don't regret her of that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, uh, the new Backstreet Boys single premiere at Miss America? No, (laughs) just like, just put, no, just like put a pin in it. I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's sad. Yeah, like that's right. where they chose to debut a brand new single because they have a reunion album coming out. I think. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. What the one that everybody asked for? <laughs> <laughs> you know they're gonna sell out. Like they will a tour though. Sure. I mean, like you do what the Dixie Chicks did, and they had a concert last night that was sold out at Madison yeah, really? Square Garden. You just fall off the. F- I mean, they had their own reasons of like not uh, publicizing stuff anymore, but like you make a huge comeback. That's like, and I guess the Backstreet Boys have done the same, but like. There have been too many like starts and stalls like for them. Like, I don't know. For Dixie Chicks, it's like you come in, you have a catalog of good songs, and then you resurface. Like, it's a nostalgia. It's like Fleetwood Mac. It's like the same principle. It's like, yeah, sure. Leave them wanting it after like a decade or something, and then you bring it back. Yeah. I don't know. Or you do what Train did and just come back with an album of Led Zeppelin covers. <laughs> <laughs> that they recently released in a lot. Or they they're did? about to? Yeah. yeah I sure. think they did. Was it, it was a good? I haven't listened I to that. I just saw the article. Yeah. It's out. Thank. What's the lead God. singer of Train's name? Ben something? Nope. Yes. Ooh. There's a guy who follows me on Twitter who has a lot of followers, but I can't tell if it's a lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's him. Anyway. You should take it as a win. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Drop some Jupiter guy. Love yeah, you. they're a weird band. They're a weird band, but um, totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. But speaking of concerts, Taylor Swift did a cover of Drops of Jupiter yeah. years and years ago, and there's a video of it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. really good. I recommend everybody listen to it. <laughs> Uh, are you a fan of Taylor? I like Taylor. I feel like what she stands for is like kind of boring. Um, <laughs> How would you describe it if you had to? No. Well, you know what? I was I was I was listening to her old stuff. She has a song called "Change," where like the main chorus is like, "And we'll sing Hallelujah. We'll sing Hallelujah to God or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, like no, this is you want to hide this, like." Hmm. Like now she's like not talking about religion at all. And I bet you Taylor Swift is is a uh, fiscal conservatives. No, I bet she's a fiscal conservative and a, a, a social progressive. Does that no? Wait, does that add up? Sure, that's a thing. Fiscal conservative, social progressive. But even then, she like keeps gay people at an arm's length. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's an assumption. Um, <laughs> Based on, I don't know. I'm curious. She just that whole like coterie of people it was cute at the beginning mm, yeah. it just got so annoying and, and then i ended up my friend matt and i ended up going to her concert last summer yeah and um it was it was fine like sh- the show is beautiful and the, the production is beautiful but she's not good live she's uh-huh. not good but she's a great songwriter yeah 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 i bet she surrounds herself with like a crew totally. she seems very business oriented yeah, yeah 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 she's very smart yeah very smart person that's interesting taylor yeah Taylor. Sort of like the the current like antithesis to Beyonce. No way. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Because they're both, I mean, they're like two of the largest female uh-huh. pop stars mm-hmm. in existence. So I think like a lot of people would probably not see them as different hardly at all. Sure. Know? Like if that, if I think if pop music is not your world. Right. Um, then maybe you wouldn't place them in the same. Yeah. You'd realm. probably just like put them right next to each other. You right. know. Um, Taylor Swift like sings about frivolous things and meanwhile Beyonce is like using like Somali poetry and like Yoruba tribal painting. Like it's it's a it's a different level again. Yeah. 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 So she's, she's they're both really great. I'm not petting them against each other. I just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, sure. I, I don't quite yeah. mean to. I just it's 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 interesting. Cause I think like uh what I was saying earlier, it's like back in maybe 2010, like mm-hmm. before four came out, it's like I would have grouped they were in the same group. a lot of yeah. people in yeah. similar groups uh-huh. now. It's more, I guess, distinction than opposition is more sure. maybe the way to think about yeah. it. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. that makes sense. Totally, they're not opposed at all. No, 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 no. Um, that's so cool. Finding back 
a little bit of vomit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It would just be a great communal experience if you all watched me vomit, <laughs> vomit on display. Um, Can you imagine if it was clam chowder? If it was clam chowder? Oh, my God. <laughs> That was yeah. I I threw up at a Chipotle during rush hour in high school Oof. during the during the lunch rush, and um, that was that was like a very formative thing for me. Yeah, uh, that would <laughs> put a lot of fear in me. But then I had an improv show that night, and I did, I did great. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. good. Yeah. So, so are you? You said uh, your parents live in Colorado. Uh-huh. Is that where you're from? Is that, that's where I went to school, and then before Colorado, we lived in Montreal. Oh, that's how I know the expo. Ah. Um, and yeah, and then before that, my sister and I were both born in Brisbane, Australia, because my dad was getting his PhD. Whoa! Yeah, what does your dad do? He's a he's an engineer. He does mining explosives. Whoa, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I read his papers a lot, and it's it's all pretty. It all blends together. Yeah, yeah, explosives just blend together for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, still, you have a dad that writes papers. That writes papers, and his English is, um, you know, like, uh, like it's not there, but he has published a lot, and so he has me, and my sister, proofread a lot for him, which we're happy oh, to do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, you're actually the second person I've hung out with in four days who is uh, Chinese, born in Australia, who has a uh, doctoral parent uh yeah i mean we all we all meet up at jing fong <laughs> and um get dim sum um, that's cool yeah there's a there's a lot of um back in the 90s at least there were a lot of uh chinese expats in australia yeah mm-hmm. yeah not so anymore it's really expensive to live there i guess oh. no yeah dang yeah cool cool well Bowen, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much, Bowen. We're going to rearrange the stage to let Keith Rubin come up here and play some music. Give it up for Evan and Pat, everybody. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, guys. This is uh, an original song that I've never played live before. So we're going to see how it goes. I think it will be great. Uh, It's called Ignite. Like just a single kiss could be the start of something Can you feel it? The sun is sinking lower And the world is moving slower Yeah, we're up to something So hold on, baby, hold on I'll take it as a sign That we're surrounded by the summer's first fireflies Yeah, that means something Put your hand in mine And as the day is and Hearts are racing, heads are swimming Tell that this is something big Didn't this spark just catch? Did we just add fuel to the fire? We just struck a match Can you feel the flames going higher now? Can you feel the flames going higher now? Higher and higher, higher and higher into the night. Baby, we'll fire, baby, we'll fire, baby, we'll fire. Flies finding our light. We're starting to ignite. Something stirring here just a 
convinced that it is impossible to have too much Bo and Yang in your life, and I hope everyone out there agrees. If you want to keep up with them, check out bowenyangcomedy.com. To hear more music from Keith Rubin and to check out all the other projects he's working on, head on over to keithmrubin.com. And that just about does it. Now, for the sake of covering our asses, you'll notice that we didn't include Keith's cover of Schooling Life in the episode. But if you head over to our website, repeater.show, you can listen to it there. And trust us, you'll want to do that. We really don't want to be sued for copyright infringement. And this is our way around that pesky legal issue. And speaking of issues, we want to remind you that there are many issues we'll have to face over the next four years, and it will be better if we face them together. One of the groups that will need your help is the LGBTQ community, and we suggest that you help them by making a donation to the Human Rights Campaign. Visit them at hrc.org to donate today. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at qedastoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria, Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by The Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. <laughs>